Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Jenna Barr? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We made it. Yes, we did. Another week. You, I'm excited. Huh. Well, I thought we were going to talk about the spicy topic first. Uh, what? About uh, the lizards waste. with Mike, oh, yeah. Mike Wiggins? <laughs> the lizards. You go talk. from, yeah, yeah. I know, I definitely Very interesting. Make a I get to listen to it on the way in. Well, and that's the fun of the Pensacola Expert Panel is because one segment at 9 could be about um, moisture in your house, and then at 9.30, we could be talking about, you know, how to sue your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Wow, whose show I'm just is that? Teasing you. I don't know, but there's a couple I'm nervous about. But uh, no, we have a a variety, a vast variety of subjects, whether it's pets or home improvement, yes, lifestyles, health, all the different things. Mm-hmm protecting your wallet maximizing your wallet and yeah. your money how not to waste money like on storage units <laughs> she had to slip that in wow. there wow yeah okay do you do you have an axe to grind here yeah okay what happened well so i'm just frustrated that store i mean storage units are great for short term right, right? or if you really need a place and isn't isn't doesn't the word storage uh kind of imply short term or is that You'd think. versus hoarding? You'd think. Yeah, yeah. But I, so there's, and there's different reasons. I'm not completely against it because after Hurricane Sally, we had to get a, a storage unit because stuff was falling apart and there was no other place for us to put it to go organize and get rid of right. some of our belongings. But I get frustrated because I see the long term amount of money that's being invested in the storage unit. Where right. it could be just a short term. Okay, I need it for six months, maybe a year max, because I am moving or I'm staying short term. Even then, like choosing to downsize, donating, throwing mm-hmm. it away, burning, whatever you got to do. Like it, there, it has to be just transitional. But I've been doing math for a few different people who have storage units regularly. That's what they use to keep their stuff. Right. And like collect more stuff. And I just. I feel like you could be investing your money elsewhere. Yeah, and there, some storage units are like three hundred and fifty a month. Yeah, I I had an experience with a storage unit, and they do great things. I think they stay pretty full. So, um, I just stayed. Uh, it, it wasn't storage. It was more like uh, I decided to retain these things too long. Okay, oh. past their you know their usefulness and it was the easiest thing to do at the time right they set it up it's an automatic debit out of your account it wasn't that much but it was enough to you know absolutely drive me crazy and uh so i guess six years later you know we go in there and <laughs> pitch most of it and uh you know exactly it, I, you know could have given it away at the time you know to somebody that really needed it hindsight know, but, is 20 yeah, yeah. 20, 20. 20, 20, yeah. But, you know, Four it's just sizes. kind of like a call out there. If you're trying to, like, downsize, save money, you're worried about inflation, things like that. If you have a storage unit, go through it. If there's a space in your house where you can fit it or... You can always sell it. Yeah. On right. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. We're not talking, like, family heirlooms. Like, please don't right. sell Pop-Pop's clock. <laughs> yeah, so... <Come> monster. <laughs> But so so we, we have a we have a building at, that uh, we have that we actually keep some overflow stuff because we have a we have a pretty small house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're upsizing, which makes no sense and that's a that's another story. But as empty nesters, we're going from um, I guess triple the size of our current home. But again, our home 
is very very small but we have needed a storage um, you know place and we use a building that we own uh, that's downtown and kind of boarded up but for you know and then my friends find out I've got this place mm -hmm. and now I've got um, I've got two other people maybe three other people that keep their stuff there so oh, the mayor's cleanup in. is coming up I want to say on May 21st so thank you Grover Robinson but yes. on May 21st in this area of the city we can take it all out to the curb and that's that's a very nice thing well it's so, where you don't have to pay the pickup fee to take it to the dump or pay to drop it off at the dump that's too. right so that's right and you know what when you take it out the day before half of it disappears anyway you know somebody uses it somebody, yeah somebody's sort of patrolling the neighborhood to see see what's going out on the curb and i like that too but yeah. so may 21st you can put your stuff on not the curb? oh gosh we got to be very careful this is <laughs> throw everything outside yeah, no, no 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 not this is not for every neighborhood in the city of pensacola okay it moves to different neighborhoods okay. but i do know it's may 21st because it's usually the last uh saturday in may and this is not the last saturday so i remembered this one but it's may 21st and it's for the areas um like gosh, garden in north hill no like, or kind of around uh uh ninth avenue Cervantes okay. and North, uh, you know, please go to the website. All you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do, seriously, is Google um, Pensacola Mayor's Cleanup. Yeah. And you will see it. There's a map. And yeah, and it's color coded he, and, and he it gives. will show you. I have you. it on the inside of my cabinet door. Right on. You, yeah. <laughs> right on. I just can't think of where you're talking about. I can right tell now. you that the area right around Blunt and. Ninth oh, Avenue certainly right. is. Yeah, it's, so it's lower it's your East neighborhood. Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually love those, but you know, I'm married to somebody who likes to go pick through them. So I wish we wouldn't have talked about this. I'm just <laughs> right. So, so you're going to be accumulating. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing and crying. All right, we have got to get going. All right. So yeah, let's what are we do this. Talk about today. Okay. Well, first of all, let's say this. As you know, you're listening to Winning with Mainstay Financial. I'm Bob Burgi. I'm Senior Wealth Advisor uh, with Mainstay Financial Group, and I'm here with Katie. Katie, say hello. Hello. All right. And, of course, Jenna Barr, our host. And, uh, uh, you know, if you'd like to call in or text during the show, our number here is 850-437-1620. Um, you can also, if you have a question that you don't want to share with all of our listeners, please call us at our office, and it's 850-437-3127. You'll speak with Hillary or Tina, and they will be happy to patch you through to me or schedule an appointment. What are you laughing about over there? You got a, you got a good text or email? <laughs> oh, I so apologize. There's still, <laughs> still texts like... Um, from the garden show from yeah talking oh okay about squirrels and lizards oh. and so that one caught me off <laughs> well that uh, you know i think yeah, I, we can't beat that we can't top that but uh hey somebody wants to fight a squirrel i'm all about it i hear you but can, please just invite me all right so <laughs> listeners if you are um if you're sensitive or squeamish you may may not want to hear the following but we're going to give them a really thorough market update year-to-date numbers on the market, the different indices, and everything that's going on. So if if you can take it, tune in. Uh, if not, 
you know, turn your dial down. Do you say that anymore? What's a dial? Not a dial. <laughs> turn kidding. down I'm your dial. You. Um, you know, turn down the volume. What's going to make it squeamish, though? Like, is okay, it there's some bad there's numbers. It angst. hasn't been good year yeah. to date. Right. Okay. But you're going to give maybe some options and optimism. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're going to, we got to hit you between the eyes with what's going on. Walking out. We're, we're not going to hold back. We're going to tell it like it is. Right. And then we're going to talk about solutions. So, um, just to let you know where we are. And, you know, so let's, let's kick it off by saying this. I read the other day that the S&P 500, this is the worst first four completed months of the year since 1939 coming out of the great depression so the first four months of this year have not been good in the market in the broad-based index the s p 500 um hey things will get better and and you know what and i'm going to say this a couple of times we have been so spoiled in the market the market has done great things last year uh what was it 2021 katie it was up uh 23 percent uh i believe it was 23 point something percent uh we've given a lot of that back all right, so let's uh, let's start by saying this: the S and P 500, as of the close of business yesterday, was is down 16.26 percent. Okay, that is what we call, and we'll talk a little bit about you know why the different indices and what they mean. But the S and P 500 is the broad-based index. It's the 500 companies making up the S and P 500, and probably the best barometer or measure of the uh, how the market is performing. Again, that's why they call it, what? The broad-based index. The broad-based index. All right. Now, what's a limited index? How about the Dow 30, okay? Whenever, and this is, I don't know why, but any time we're talking about how the market did and what it what it's doing, and this is why they've, you know, integrated the other, uh, the other indices, but... Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is 30 stocks, and they're, you know, they're um, they've been around a while, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average is is just that the DJIA, and whenever they're talking about the market in general, you know how the market do today, they usually cite or quote the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 11.26 percent year to date. That's an important number, and we'll come back to that. Um, uh, the other index that is often quoted that makes up a lot of growth and certainly technology companies is the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ, get ready for this number, as of the close of business yesterday, down 25.71%. That's not good. That is not good. Um, but growth has really large cap growth technology has really you know ruled the roost um, growth stocks in general have outperformed the S&P 500 uh, for the past several years and of course it's giving a lot back now um, I will say this as well the NASDAQ is made up of a lot of companies that trade at what we call a very high price to earnings ratio that is the measure that uh, that indicates how expensive a stock is um, how at what multiple uh, times you know price to earnings at what multiple it's trading at typically uh, what we call value companies value stocks um, and these are these are older companies typically that pay a dividend they trade at multiple multiples 
far less than growth companies, especially those that make up the NASDAQ, if a lot of these companies even have a price-to-earnings multiple at all, because a lot of companies don't even have any earnings and therefore ha do not have a P.E. ratio. But, uh, yeah, the NASDAQ has been beaten up, uh, has been really been clobbered uh, uh, since the beginning of this year. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the NASDAQ and what makes up the NASDAQ. Um, I got a text from a friend and a client today. The NASDAQ in any index, Katie, as you know, uh, a giant company is going to make, make up more of the index than one of the smaller companies in the NASDAQ, okay? So the weightings is very important. And a, com a company, you know, let's talk about the largest company in the NASDAQ. Apple is going to have a stronger representation than a smaller company in the NASDAQ, and that makes sense. Um, let, me, uh, let me share with you some additional information about the NASDAQ. This is fascinating because there are... I believe the number is somewhere around 3,000 companies that make up the NASDAQ. But the top 10 stocks of the NASDAQ Composite Index make up 47% of the performance. Folks, that's almost half. And these, these companies, you've heard of all of them, but uh, uh, there is a, you know, it's sort of the haves and the haves not, have-nots when it comes to the NASDAQ and the weighting. But the, the index in general, uh, the index in and of itself, is down 25.71%. So down almost 26% year to date. However, if you did not weight the larger companies, the larger cap companies, and you took the average of what the NASDAQ is down, the average stock in the NASDAQ, what it's down year to date, this is an alarming figure. It is down 46% year to date, the average wow. stock in the NASDAQ. Um, so again, you know, there's there's a lot of information that goes into these indices, but I wanted to explain them and, and exactly what they mean. Um, so one more time, the S&P 500 year to date is down 16.26%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, a lot of value companies in the Dow, but it's a limited number, it's 30 companies down 11.26% year-to-date, and the NASDAQ, and we just spent a great deal of time talking about the NASDAQ and what makes up the NASDAQ, uh, is down almost 26% year-to-date. I've got something very interesting about the NASDAQ, and this is something I just learned myself because I was looking at all these companies that make up the 20 largest companies in the NASDAQ. Jenna, you're going to like this. Do you know that of the 20 largest companies trading on the NASDAQ index, 12 out of 30 of them begin with the letters A, B, or C? Is there some sort of psychology there? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, 20. Um, there's 20, the 20 largest stocks on the NASDAQ they index. Be first? I don't know. I, that's what they I was thinking. That's first. what I was thinking. But that, that is good. But I it, think look, if I can give you a couple of names, yeah, Apple. Well, here, here are the A's: Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, which is Google. Okay, uh, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, ASML Holdings, uh, Adobe Systems, AstraZeneca, Advanced Micro Devices, the chip maker, and. Uh, those are just the A's. And then you have Broadcom. You've got uh, 
couple other Bs, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to go into all. Then Comcast, Costco. Uh, but 12 of the 20 largest companies on the NASDAQ begin with A, B, or C. How do you like that tidbit? Very cool. See, yeah, I think it's because they want to be up at the top. Maybe I think so, too. Top. It's like in the when Yellow Pages. Remember Yellow Pages? Else. Come on. Yeah. Triple A, you know, why do you, why do you think they did that, you know? It might have something to do with international or different languages. Yeah, it could. That's yeah, true. Yeah, like Apple. Like how maybe the AstraZeneca, A or yeah. A sound is used globally. Yeah, that's true. And some sounds that's aren't. That's true. That's true. Okay. Now, sure. now look, folks. We just covered the domestic stock markets, okay? The, the domestic equity markets. The S&P 500 the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and the NASDAQ. There are plenty of other domestic uh, equity indices and, of course, global indices. We're not going into them. These are the ones we're looking at today. All right, now, I would be remiss if I did not cover the other side. When we talk about, when we talk about stocks, we talk about equities, we also have to talk about bonds, or what are known as fixed income instruments. Um, there's been no hiding place so far this year. Real estate's been good, right? A lot of things, you know, uh, cash has been good. And relatively speaking, you haven't made any money in cash, but you haven't lost any. Um, so let's talk about the bond indices. U.S. government bonds, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. U.S. government bonds, uh, typically U.S. treasuries. Um, the bond index year to date, U.S. government bond index, is down 10.75%. So almost 11% in what a lot of folks have been have construed or perceived, especially over the last 10 years when interest rates have been low or gone down, as a, uh, a very safe investment, very conservative investment. But uh, again, the U.S. government bond index down almost 11% year to date. Get ready for this one. If it's not a gov if it's not necessarily government bond, what what might it be? A corporate bond, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, companies, the companies I just mentioned, they can float debt, they can issue debt, and that is in the form of a bond where they pay the bondholder an interest rate during the term of the instrument. Um, but U.S. corporate bonds, the U.S. corporate bond index is down 13.64%. That is a huge drop in U.S. court in the U.S. corporate bond index, and again, that is through the first four months and nine days of the year. Um, uh, you know, so so what does this all mean, folks? Um, you've, you know, the markets have not performed well. Again, I shared with our listeners, they've been great in the past, including last year. Um, the bond index, the bond indices, rather, are, you know, the, the, the per performance is abysmal. Uh, when you go into something that you consider safe or usually safe and you're really investing to um, uh, for safety and income, you know, you're not expecting these things. So what is causing it? When interest rates go up, it affects bond prices. And a lot of our folks, um, and, and Katie, I think you'll agree, a lot of our clients know this. They know, they know or are aware of the inverse relationship between bond prices or bond values and interest rates. So oversimplified, if you have a bond portfolio, and let's say it's paying 25 
and new issues because interest rates are rising are paying three and a half four percent maybe you know by the end of this year four and a half percent who knows as interest rates creep up but all of a sudden the bonds that you own that are paying two and a half three percent aren't worth as much now they will mature at par value however since they are publicly traded there's a secondary market the bond prices the bond values um, are reflected and uh, are priced daily and they will suffer as interest rates rise so that's one of the things we've got going on um, now as far as the equity markets go there is some there have been some good stories there have been some safe places uh, Katie we talk about this all the time um, and, and I think we made a good call on this in December early January the case for value and uh, migrating assets from growth large cap growth specifically to large cap value uh, value is held up much better than growth again don't get me wrong it's down it's down right. um, and then as we as we said growth has ruled the roost it has done a it has outperformed value for the last 10 years but these two things switch places these two styles of investing switch places and we're you know we're very fortunate uh, to be able to migrate asset, assets, especially qualified plan money that have no tax consequences, from one style to the other. All right. So, what is what is causing this? Katie Katie uh, Katie came up with a great article. A guy named uh, what's the gentleman's name? Ken Morafe. Ken Morafe. Okay. He puts together an article that we're going to talk about um, uh, after the news break, but. He gives us the reasons why all of this is going on and and some possible solutions, you know, for this. Um, and I'm going I'm going to share with you. It has a lot to do with global markets. It has a lot to do with the Ukraine, um, actually, um, with China and, you know, the the, the decisions China uh, has decided to make um, in light of, uh, you know, the the Ukrainian crisis and um you know with those two and i'm and i'm talking about russia and china really um working with each other you know it's you know they're uh they don't need they don't need us as much as they used to right mm -hmm. and i think that's a lot of what ken morafe is talking about um so we've got about one minute right jenna before we go to the news break okay and we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, Ken Morafe has shared with his readers. He has a podcast. He has a, an article, and of course, we're going to go, we're going to go through that quite a bit here when we come back from the news break. But it's really about China, the Ukraine, also interest rates, inflation, and um, of course, uh, taxes. Taxes going up, and how that's going to play into everything. They're not going up this year, folks, but 2023. I would say most certainly. All right. We've got the news coming up. Do I have the right person? Who do you think oh, it is? Candy. <laughs> oh, Candy. All right. Thank you. and better than ever you know i'd like this to be all business during the news break you know 
we get ready for the second half of the show. We did. And you we and Katie some. are carrying on like that. I you know, <laughs> I knew it was a bad idea getting you all together. <laughs> all right. We're having okay. fun. This is, uh, you know, I got to give credit to Katie for this. Um, th- we have a new thing that uh, we've unearthed. This is uh, Jason's wig um, puts together on this day in history. Well, it has to do with finance and the markets. So I really like this. Uh, so real quick, this day in history and finance, this day in financial history is actually what it's called for May 10th. Okay. I love this one in a boardroom on Cove street in new Bedford, Massachusetts, a young crew cut Warren Buffett takes, takes control of a decrepit textile maker named Berkshire Hathaway incorporated. Mm. The stock closes that day at $18 a share. Man, I'll bet $18 a share in 1965 was a really expensive stock, okay? So over the next, uh, what is it, over the next uh, 40 years or so, you know, oh no, 50 years, 50 years plus, Berkshire Hathaway stock goes from $18 a share to over half a million dollars per share. Wow. What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this day in history, 1965. It wasn't, I mean, we were, you know, that was four years before the, we landed, you know, <laughs> right, men on Jenna? the moon, you know? <laughs> but it that. was, so 1965, Berkshire Hathaway stock, $18 a share. It is now worth, actually, I looked at it the other day. It's worth about $480,000 a share, okay? But it was... At the beginning of the year, over half a million dollars a share. That's the bananas. Oracle of Omaha. Okay. You know, can I share one more thing on this day yeah. in history? Um, uh, on this day in history, in 1928, the first no-load mutual fund was born <laughs> by Scudder, Stevens, and Clark in Boston, Massachusetts. Two things, two things in Massachusetts. How about that? Okay, they launched their first investment uh, investment corporation, noter, later known as Scudder Investments, and the first fund that does not charge a sales commission was born in 1928. That's before the Great Depression. Wow. I didn't know it was that long yeah, ago. Yeah, that's a long time And now, time ago. you know, we talk, Katie, we talk about mutual funds now like they're, oh, gosh, I don't know, like... Uh, you know what's some what is some old invest i can't really think of what we yeah, you know like common old. trust funds they're old you know because we're using a lot of etfs uh you know no fee etfs that's what we use uh, i would say using mutual funds is the rarest of occasions right yeah you know unless it's an index fund um so very very interesting um all right that's enough of that now we're going to talk about ken morafe as we said okay uh, and what I want to do is I want to go over five reasons why, you know, if you're over the age of 50, um, you're contemplating retirement, thinking about retirement. I would say anybody that's in their 50s is. Um, you need to really be looking at, you know, in my opinion, your risk profile and looking at protecting what you have, especially given what's going on with the economy and, and really everything else globally. So as we see it right now, there are five major threats to the economy. Uh, to the stock market and potentially, you know, your retirement as well, your retirement assets. And I want to, I want to kind of go through all of these with you, and and w- w- we're going to try to not overstress to you, but y- you know exactly um, what's going on 
but more importantly, a call to action as to what you should do. And you need to define your risk profile, and that's kind of the thought we'll close with. Um, uh, but you need to you need to stop and think and consider strongly what you're going to do about protecting your retirement and funding your retirement. But the first thing, the first thing, Katie, um, and and we said this before the news break, China. Uh, that is the first thing. That's this is a major, uh, this is a major event. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you know china doesn't have a heart or can't empathize with us but when it comes to uh their economy uh you know i i used to think that we were the the nation on the planet that put our economy first i i don't think i can say that i mean these people are dialed in okay so the first thing they're doing is they are ripping the Band-Aid off in terms of this, uh, what's it called, a net zero or, you know, uh, COVID. They are getting, they are eliminating COVID. They are shutting down uh, their borders. Nobody's coming in. Nobody's leaving and coming back. Okay, that's another one. Okay, you may be able to leave, but you're not coming back and bringing what you got with you. They are eliminating COVID over there. And like I said, they're ripping off the Band-Aid. They're doing this. You know, what? A, in, when you think about it, what a great time. And this is what Ken Morave says. Um, there's, a, you know, a global economic crisis right now. And why not shut it down? So something that is, something that is pointed out in here is that their, their dealings with Russia, their trading with Russia, it hasn't fallen off at all. It's actually gone up. You so mean China's? China's China's uh, trade with Russia mm -hmm. has absolutely, positively, not skipped a beat. Okay, it's actually gone up. So China's monthly imports from Russia last week hit a record high of nine billion for just the month of April. Just the month of April. That is up fifty six point six percent from this time last year. And it's up 13.3% from just the month before. So, um, and, and by the way, most, the largest chunk of, Chinese, of China's purchases from Russia are oil and gas. So they're just ramping up. Um, China's monthly imports of Russian products, including oil and gas, um, hit a record high in April, an all-time record in April. Uh, with Beijing defying mounting Western pressure to distance itself from Moscow following Moscow's decision to invade the Ukraine. Very interesting. And so, do you, does it give reason, or do you know, like, is it due to their eliminating COVID and not wanting to come overseas? Well, remember, okay, now their, their, um, their production, their production has slowed. Why? Because they're shutting things down over there. Right. So their exports have gone down. But, like, you know. But they're as, importing. But they're importing. They're importing actually like never before. So, uh, you know, as we said, they, they want zero COVID. And they are shutting things down. You know, if anybody's planning on going to China, you're not. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, they have, they have shut it down over there. So, um you know that certainly impacts our economy negatively 
And by doing this, they're essentially affecting our supply chain because many of the parts and the products and all of the things that our companies here use to make and sell to consumers are made in China. You know, some of the smaller components, some of the more intricate components, um, a lot of them come up, come from China. So if all those people are locked down, then the products and the parts to all the machines and the rest of it is unavailable. And if it's not available, then the companies in this country are going to have a difficult time making profits. And if they can't sell anything, because so many of the components are made in China, um, it's it's going to affect our economy and our ability, you know, the supply chain, supply chain issues and everything else. So um, that is the first thing. And I, and I like this. And this, you know, I'm not smacking around anybody, you know, from overseas. But the, these are decisions that other con- countries have made. The second thing, of course, is the war in the Ukraine. And with this war, um, I think we've all learned that, you know, it's, it's affecting the world economies, right? Right. Um, you, the Ukraine is one, you know, a couple of weeks ago they were talking about nickel and different, uh, you know, what I would call elements, um, materials. Uh, they're all, you know, the Ukraine is one of the largest producers of wheat in the world. And, you know, they're, these uh, wheat fields are getting scorched. Um, and, uh, you know, besides farming, you know, they're also one of the, I think, the largest uh, producers of phosphorus. And I didn't know this, but, uh, you know, and this is what uh, Ken Morafe was saying. There's a, um, anybody that is a farmer, and I'm not, I know some, but if you, if you need meat, you've got to feed the cow, right? You've got to feed the livestock. If you need, you know, and, you know, phosphorus serves as a component of fertilizer. And, you know, if fertilizer uses phosphorus and we've essentially cut off the supply, it's going to affect the crops here and everything else. And so, you know, the the effect or the result of that is food prices are going to continue to go up, especially those that require wheat um, specifically. Now, I know... I know we grow wheat here. Fertilizer, yeah, it's low on the chain. Absolutely, absolutely. So it affects meat. Yeah, and these these are just things that that are affecting the markets. So the the European Central Bank has already said that the likelihood that Europe is going to fall into a recession is quote very high. They're, they're our biggest trading partner, you know, the countries in Europe. Uh, and if Europe goes into a re- recession, then our ability to sell to these people who are in, in a recession is impaired. Okay? Their livelihood is suffering. Their uh, disposable income is limited. And, you know, again, that's they, the European countries are our biggest trading partner. So that could hurt, hurt profits in this country for companies that are exporting their products to Europe again and you know our number one trading partner is Europe as a continent so if that were to happen then profits would come would come screaming down here in the United States and as we've always said what drives the price of stocks for the most part is profits of course it's what drives it up really is demand or down is decreased demand but if if profits are going down the stock, the demand is going to go down, and the stock price is going down with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've talked about things overseas, and that's great. But how about right here at home, Katie? What do we have going on here? 
the Fed. The Fed. And inflation. What is the Fed doing? And interest rates. Yeah. Um, they're increasing interest rates. Right. And why are they increasing interest rates? Um, they're they're trying to bring inflation down yeah. or reduce it. Yeah. And I think the idea, the policy, the wisdom there is you increase interest rates um, and it it causes the inputs of purchases to go up. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the housing market. The housing market is, you know, really kind of the, the last leg standing right now. Stocks are down. Bonds are down. How about real estate? Real estate looks pretty good right now. But what just happened with the Fed raising interest rates? The price of real estate went up to people that are financing it, right? Right. And if you're looking to finance a property and the interest rate you're paying is, what did we say the other day? The average 30-year rate, fixed rate, is in the said. sixes now? Yeah, I think you said the average rate. The average rate. I think you said like 8%. We need a mortgage originator to right call now? in. Right now, I think it's, oh, no, not over time. Okay. But okay. interest rates, like, Katie, you, you bought a house, you got 3%. That was four months ago right now that rate has more than now doubled. it's like six it's yes. it's in the sixes yeah so if the interest rate has gone up on a fixed rate mortgage that means the cost of purchasing it has gone up that's common sense um so the fed the federal reserve bank has uh has really two responsibilities they need to oversee inflation right and um and jobs growth, you know, unemployment or employment, maximum employment. But uh, jobs growth, the economy and inflation, but really it's jobs growth and inflation. When when they prioritize the two, it's really what, what comes first? In, I think inflation. Inflation. They have to control inflation. So interest rates are going up. We've known they're going up. Um, we're supposed to be so happy. They only went up, what, last week, 50 basis points. But that's a big jump. I think, you know, and I, they, um, at the time, and I can't remember how many years, this is the first 50 basis point hike in decades. And, wow. uh, and, and guess what? We're, we're not done yet, or the Fed is not done yet. Um, and the markets got punished. And be that as it may, the antidote to inflation is to reduce growth. And they and and reduced demand, so they're going to raise the interest rates to do that. And if you reduce growth, you reduce profits for company. And if you reduce the profits for the companies, it affects what the stock market. So uh, you've got you've got that going on too. The last thing the last thing is the dollar. The dollar uh, as a currency is very strong worldwide, and there's a tendency when there's um, global. Um, when, when there's a global downturn, the dollars flow into the United States. When things are bad, we're still considered a safe haven for the dollar. So lots of money comes over here. It makes vacations overseas cheap, but um, it, it increases uh, the value of the dollar. So the dollar goes up, and, you know, the dollar does have to come down. So the cur our currency is strong right now. Um, but as things get more expensive, people buy less. And if that happens, then our companies that export are also going to be impaired by all of this. So um, essentially, you know, with uh, 
uh, you know, foreign countries are, are specifically uh, spending and, and money coming over here. They're buying dollars. That's what they're doing. And we don't want, we don't want, we want our currency to be strong, but we don't want it to so uh, be on an incline. That it's but yeah, that the it, rest of the world. That's exactly right. So, um, in our view, right now, in our view, right now, the risk on the downside is is high. Okay, um, there are there opportunities out there at this point in time. Absolutely, there are. But when you have this sort of an equation, in our view, it's incumbent upon you as an investor, as, as a person who's contemplating retirement or who is getting ready to retire or who is already retired and living off retirement income and retirement assets, whether you should take, you know, take your portfolio, protect yourself. And now, as you know, we have, uh, we have strategies, Katie, in our, in our investment firm. Uh, the beta shield strategy. Uh, a lot of people ask this: How can you? How how is there an investment where you can get me completely out of the market? When you know, because if you're a mutual fund, you have to do what you say you're going to do. Um, this is a strategy that gets you completely out of the market in 25% increments. And our strategy is designed to help people over 50 years old uh, who are retired or retiring soon to have their money last as long as they do. And we want that for you. So the only way we can help you is if you get in contact with us and, and we have a, a conversation with you. I, I encourage you to visit our office or call call our office at 850-437-3127 um, and let us share with you our you know what we call our risk mitigation and risk elimination strategies. Um, and uh, Katie, we had, uh, we had somebody come in yesterday. We shared with them our chart of the week. Um, there's a lot of people contemplating getting out of the market right now. What do you have to say to that right now? I would <laughs> stick with it. Yeah. Stay the course. Would... Stay the course. That's why we have the investor assessment completed. And we have the investor assessment documented. Um, we can all look back and say, yeah, back in December would have been a great time to get out. Now is not the time. Now is not the time. Jenna, was there, did we have someone? Yeah, um, it's similar. So um, where is a safe place for my investments right now? Okay, great question. Um, yeah, cash cash was a great place, like we said, in December. Uh, there are strategies that are uh, do not have as, as great a downside potential and we talk about the value proposition the value uh, the, the value style of investing versus growth companies these are companies with lower price to earnings ratios they're cheaper they have you know I'm not saying they don't go they, they do go down in value they're down year to date but the loss is nowhere near as profound as on the growth side uh, another word we use uh, and that requires a great deal of explanation. Annuities. Annuities have been a great investment. Um, uh, and there's three types of annuities. Two of them do not go down in value. We stay away from variable annuities. Variable means it can go, go down. We use index annuities almost exclusively. They're great investments. So if you can live with returns somewhere around 3.5%, possibly 4% over time, uh, that's a no-risk investment. 
Uh, and so we have about two minutes left. So you were saying, Katie, um, don't get your money out of the market right now. Just stick with it. Hold on. Yeah. Let's let's talk about our chart of the week. And listeners, if you want this chart, please call our office at 850-437-3127. I want to share with you these really important numbers. Um, if you invested in the market over the last 15 years and you remained invested, you would be up 360% over the last 15 years. If you missed the 10 best days in the market, that return would be reduced by two-thirds, and you would have made 111%. That's still great, but that's only if you missed 10 days in 15 years, the 10 best days. If you missed the 20 best days, your total return over the last 15 years, 28%. And if you missed the best 30 days in the market over the last 15 years, your return would be a negative 16%. That's that's shocking, but that's why you stay invested. You don't want to miss the good days. You've already, you've already uh, rode the bad days out. You know. Right. Exactly. What was the next and question? I think it it really depends on your time horizon. Um, you know, sticking with the market. For right. me, I'm staying in. <laughs> and guess what? Your retirement assets. You know what your investment horizon is? The rest of your life. Right. That is your forever account. That is absolutely positively your forever account. All right. So, again, this is Bob and Katie with the wonderful Jenna Barr. And you're listening to Winning with Mainstay Financial. Um, if you'd like to call or text, uh, you know, during the show, uh, anytime you, you want, 850-437-1620, and they'll give, us, they'll, they'll give you our contact information. Or call us at the office, 850-437-3127. Everybody have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in.